Hi, I'm Georgie Frost, and welcome to The Pace Setters, the CIO and Hewlett-Packard Enterprise podcast series, which looks at how chief information officers get value from their data to stay ahead of the pack. In this episode, we're looking at how to design a data strategy to ensure that your data estate is built to last and that it is also adaptable enough to help your business achieve its long-term goals. Now, I've got two guests joining me down the line to mull over the issue and to offer their own tips on how best to get value out of all that data that you hold. Gentlemen, please introduce yourself. Thanks, Georgie. My name is Gavin Manza. I've been involved in delivering major technology programs for most of my career with a particular focus around data for the last 10 years or so. Um, so some examples being I was the program head for a major health data warehouse uh, for a number of years. At the time, one of the largest health data warehouses in the world. I spent four years at Morrison Supermarkets, where I was head of data services. And most recently, I've been working with a, a major public sector organization designing how their data and analytics um, organization can structure itself to deliver highest value. From my perspective, I'm, I'm really interested in, in data strategy as it, it sets the, the starting point and the right foundations for you to be successful. So my name is Tobias Holz. I'm in uh, charge for the global IT and digital business of COMEX. COMEX is a market leader for wire processing solutions. So our major customers are automotive suppliers. I'm focusing on the wire harness, uh, companies like Aptiv, Lear, and Yazaki. Um, I'm doing that for more than two and a half years. And um, I'm, I'm very passionate about the digital transformation all over my career. So uh, I'm not only passionate about data, I'm, I'm especially passionate about uh, our customers and and how we can solve problems for customers with innovative solutions. And then if you look to the business today, you right ahead start with data, right? You're not only looking at, at, at customer problems, you always look at data uh, behind it and, and how you can solve these customer solutions with the help of uh, modern data analytics. Thank you both. Welcome. Um, I can sense the passion about from both of you, but uh, Gavin, first, why... Why is designing a data strategy just so important to today's CIOs, CTOs and CDOs, especially in the context of business transformation, but I guess especially as well in the context of the current environment with coronavirus? Yeah, so I think as Tobias mentioned, data is the foundation for anything you do with a, a digital agenda. So good quality data underpins all transactional digital services. Data isn't just about the the BI and the analytics. Um, all of the digital services that are being created these days have an underpinning of really good quality data. And then obviously, bringing on top of that, the, the BI and analytics that informs and, and drives the, the future direction of businesses, uh, improves how you engage with customers uh, and those type of things. Um, so treating data well, managing it well as an asset means that you're able to get the uh, sort of meet the expectations of those digital services that you're you're creating, and I think it's, it is it's a very interesting looking in today's environment around around COVID, where a lot of the direction of of our government and other governments is very much in science and and data driven, and you can start to see some of the challenges of where you've got differing levels of, of data quality. So if you look at the the differing levels of testing data across different uh, countries, um, that leads to different numbers of of mortality rates and 
questions raised as to is one government doing a better job than the other governments and and I think that's that's one really good example of where differing levels of data completeness and, and data quality really start to sort of open up questions as to whether we're comparing apples with apples and another interesting point for me is that I was thinking the other day around the one and a half million people that are high risk um, and are being given particular care and attention by the government where does that data come from who owes that data and I imagine that the government's had a tremendous difficulty in in pulling all that data together in the, in, in a very short amount of time so everything we're seeing in in today's environment whether you're you know, driving a digital technology transformation program or observing what's happening with, with covid is this data sort of bubbling around uh, all over the place Tobias how do you see it Absolutely. And, and Gavin gave, gave already a great example, right? I mean, if you look back the last 10 to 15 years, how fast already the business world was changing, um, it was incredible for all of us, right? Um, and if you look to, to the COVID crisis now and, and looking at how, how quickly businesses need to adapt, need to react to a new situation, it is absolutely important that you are not only hyper aware what is going on in the world, what is going on, what are your competitors doing in terms of COVID for sure? What, what are the governments doing? Are they closing down business? Do you, do you need to react? Uh, can you still open your shops? Can you not open your shops? Do you need to go to online only? So even today with COVID, you need to be very, very hyper aware, not only what your competitors or any digital competitors are doing, you need to be aware of, of, of much more. Then you need to re react, right? You need to react. You really need to do an informed decision making um, and, and this informed decision making is based on data right hopefully it is based on data and not only your gut feeling and then finally you need to execute fast and with the COVID crisis we've seen that even on, on smaller enterprises right smaller enterprises need to react quickly they need to go to online only they need to change production perhaps and so on so it's all about uh, the speed right now and, and in order to cope with the speed you need to do Good decisions and good decisions are hopefully based on data. Just kind of opening it out more generally, who needs to own the data strategy? Who needs to be involved here? I mean, the ownership is probably a rather theoretical discussion, right? Um, whether it is an IT ownership or a business ownership. Finally, I mean, today, if, if I look at my role 10 years ago, it was already important to be closely connected to the business. Today, you, you need to be a vital part of the business. So the question is, is not necessarily who really owns the data strategy. The most important thing is that you're having one and that you have somebody who's driving it. In the case of, of Comex, I am driving it, but that is more or less because I, I brought in the initiative and, and tried to convince my colleagues. It is rather the question who needs to be involved. In, and that is a good one, um, which is probably valid for the last 20 or 30 years of doing IT, but it is, it is especially valid in times like these that you have interdisciplinary teams, that you really need to involve the people from the different departments and that not necessarily are the leaders you for sure need to involve the leaders but based on my experience you really need to handpick innovative colleagues out of the different teams and they not necessarily are on the, on the top level but if you bring them into such an interdisciplinary team think about what what can you do with the data which especially customer problems are you solving with the data and then let them work uh, on solutions that has a great effect so ownership all right it can be in IT it can be in business the more important thing for me is that you have 
the different teams involved, the different, not only departments involved, also countries, right? These diverse backgrounds, different cultures, different mindsets, bring them into your teams uh, and, and let them develop solutions which can solve customer problems or should solve customer problems. Um, that's probably the, the secret recipe. Um, it's not the theoretical question of who's owning it at the end. It, it must be owned by somebody, but that is that is something in times of the digital transformation. It's not important who. It's rather that you do it. Gavin? I, I completely agree. Um, the point I was going to make on this is it's it's very much a, a leadership role. And as Tobias mentioned, um, whether that sits in, in IT or, or the business doesn't really matter. You need somebody who's engaged, empowered to make the right decisions provide the right leadership and um, it is as much about influencing as, as controlling and directing and in, and in terms of who you you involve yes you need to be involved in the business leaders so that you can really understand the overall direction of the the business but you need to also be talking with the operational teams understanding the, the challenges faced by um, teams on the ground and the opportunities that that gives data to help resolve um, and I've had similar experiences to, to BS where um, we've set up teams that, that sit across various parts of the business that are driving the direction for various parts of the data strategy, whether it's a particular part of BI, whether it's a particular data area, um, you're finding those people that are passionate about data and want to make a difference um, that are and will be a, across your business, um, given them a level of responsibility, accountability, and, and support to them are creating a, a data community that brings them all together. What should that include? And, and how might that evolve over time, Gavin? One approach which I'd suggest that um, CIOs consider is creating a, a series of, of strategic themes that, that bring together your technology teams, your business teams, and you can coalesce around what's the organization wants to achieve in its data strategy over a over a two to three year horizon so you engage as widely as possible talking with your business leaders talking with the operational teams setting those strategic themes which can be your your guiding star over which you you deliver over a number of years and i think important point here is that you need to be able to answer the so what question. So it's, it's it's not good enough just to say we want to treat data as an asset or we want a single source of truth or we want to gain insights so what is that, as Tobias was saying, what's that that customer value you want to be achieving? Um, so if we want to create a single view of our customer, what is it we want to achieve off the back of that? Is it improve retention, improve cross-sell, improve customer satisfaction? And once you have all those strategic themes in place, you can have a business leader conversation as to where the priorities should sit. Um, and that helps bring a consensus to where the data strategy will be going over a over a two to three year horizon. Um, and then, yeah, obviously that will evolve over over time and, and needs to be refreshed on a on a regular basis, say every six months or so. But there does need to be some level of consistency. You can't be seeing wholesale change every every six months or so. Um, but you do need to be making sure that over that sort of three to six month basis you are you're course correcting, making sure that you are um, still achieving the, the benefits that you, you set out to achieve. Okay, now we've got a question from Matt Armstrong-Barnes, who's a Chief Technologist for HPE in London, who will be joining us for episode four. My question is around governance. How do you get the right amount of governance in place that is going to make execution of your data strategy successful? 
The reason I'm interested in this is I speak to lots of organisations who get too much governance or too little governance, both of which have a fundamental impact on innovation. So how do you get the right balance between too much and too little governance and who decides where the line should be drawn? Tobias? I, I always like the example of Switzerland, right? Because as I'm now living for more than 12 years in Switzerland, I'm really used to the concept of having somehow a base set of democracy, right? And you you need to have a kind of democracy where people can raise up their voice and raise up their ideas. And then you find... Uh, the right compromise, right? You find the right balance. And it, therefore, it's not the question of um, now uh, governance in a way that somebody decides everything. You first of all need to find the right balance of ideas, balancing them against each other, discussing that, and then find the right decision. It is something you, you need to find a way to discuss it within the organization that you don't give too much governance is said. The single leader, the single person who decides that story is over, right? I mean, this is you, you're not leading a company from the top to bottom. That is not the way you, you can do it. It's in a minimum in an innovation company, right? Where you want to be the leader. You need to definitely have the ideas from the different teams, from the bottom to the top. And therefore, too much governance would kill every innovation process. However, you still need to have a look on that you spend your money, that you have a focus on the right vision, on the right activities. And therefore, yeah, you, you need to find the right balance. However, as said, it is probably something you need to discuss with a lot of people and you need to find the right balance. But I found the way how it's done in Switzerland really nicely, where a lot of people uh, contributing to the discussion. And once you really do the decision, once you really found the right compromise or the right solution, then you, you everybody is really going for the decision and taking it from there and, and make a success out of it. So therefore, yeah, it's difficult to say, but, but I, I really like getting the ideas from the bottom, but get them sorted out, get them uh, transparent to the organization, decide, discuss and decide on them, and then go ahead with your priorities. Gavin? I think balance is a really good word. And it's a, it's a discussion as opposed to a central mandate you do need to balance up the the, the pros and cons the, the risk from a data and a business perspective and and find that that right balance that works for your organization so if you're looking at something that that benefits from being a little bit more centralized you look at data consistency and and the ability to share data across the organization so areas such as data management data architecture having a data dictionary those type of of activities probably need to be a little bit more uh, centralized it doesn't mean necessarily in a single central team but having single groups across or individuals across the organization that are empowered to set policy to, to make decisions on a particular data area for example um, so those type of of activities would probably benefit from being a bit more centralized if you look at business intelligence you're going to have more of a balance there between centralized and um, and federated or more self-serve so areas such as organization-wide KPI dashboards, probably want a bit more central control around uh, those type of uh, activities. But if you become too centralized, then the rate of change is slow. There's frustration. There's great uh, levels of, of shadow IT. So you, you also want to be able to um, promote a, a self-serve capability where local teams that where, where the business processes and decisions that are made 
would benefit from uh, being able to drive their own data analytics you should be able to empower those teams to be able to do that. Ultimately, you do want to be putting more control, more self-serve into the hands of of those that are much closer to the the business process and and understand um, how data analytics can support their area of the business and and, and as Tobias mentioned, um, drive a, a greater level of innovation. Mm. It, it all sounds like it can be a, a pretty daunting task, but Tobias, let's go right back to the start. Where should IT and business leaders begin with their data strategies? For me, uh, first thing is that you have a vision, right? And, and and the needed customer focus. Don't do it internally and just think about some some productivity gains. Really think big. What do you want to do? What do you want to achieve with your data strategy? Um, if you've done that one, I, I give a strong recommendation on doing an analysis. Um, what, what do you have which different data parts do you have? What's your as-is situation? Think about where is information created in your company and how can this information be the secret recipe to solve customer problems, right? And, and perhaps you also think about where is information created on your customer side, which you might combine with your information. So the information of the customer and the information of your own data pods, how can you combine them and how can you create value for the customer? And this information modeling really helped us within the company to first of all, see where is data, where is information created, and also to find the right uh, language, the right language to collaborate. And then you can definitely, the vision combined with the as-is analysis, you can go and create cool solutions for your customers. You can create cool solutions internally. Um, but first of all, what's the vision? What problem do you want to solve? A. And B, where are your data sets within the company? Because sometimes, um, yeah, you can underestimate the effort to do an analysis and just say, ah, it's easy to put everything in one one bucket and then the the algorithm will solve it. No, not necessarily. The algorithm is not solving your issue. You better, first of all, put enough meaning behind your own data and then you can solve customer problems. Gavin, the same question to you. Where do business leaders and IT start with their data strategies? But also, what are some of the big challenges that they're, they're likely to face and, and what can we do to overcome them? Yes, yeah, so a similar response to Tobias really around starting by understanding the the value that the business value that will be delivered from data. Um, and if you're looking at where to start initially, look at your existing capability. Um, start to prioritize the business objectives based on effort and, and value and, and look at how you can configure those existing teams capabilities um, to start to answer some of those initial business challenges. And that early work Canons uh, should involve business teams. They will help provide the additional bandwidth, um, the ideas, and the context. But also remember that's where the value, at the end of the day, is realised. It's it's not realised by delivering an IT capability. It's realised by the process being better informed, the process changing. Um, so we need to work very closely with those business teams. In, in terms of the challenges of delivering a data strategy, you need to look at the leadership roles that are going to be delivering the the data strategy. If you look at it from a CIO perspective, the 
data is not solved by delivering technology, there's a whole range of additional activities that need to be undertaken to um, to deliver a data strategy. If you look across the, the whole data lifecycle from being created, managed, nurtured, exploited, and eventually decommissioned, um, there's a whole range of information management responsibilities that will sit across various parts of the organization. Um, there's a whole range of cultural change that needs to be driven to become a, a more data-driven organization. Finally, if you look at the AI machine learning type tools that that are available now. There are ethical frameworks that are required to ensure that as an organization, you've got internal and external trust in the way that you're you're using data. So for me, that's a a real challenge, um, a leadership challenge that that CIOs need to take on or the the owner of the data strategy needs to take on. Tobias, how do you make sure, I guess, that the, the right people are involved and consulted from the start and through the process? What tips do you have for that? I mean, uh, as, as Gavin said, it is vital that you think interdisciplinary so that you really go through the different teams and think about who can be of high value to, to these projects, right? It's all about leadership. So first of all, you really need to think about the customer issues you, you are facing, you want to solve, and then who could help out of your organization? Who are the experts? And and, and really think across company silos, across team silos, department silos, perhaps also involve your customer. Um, we, we've done really, really good experience in taking lead customers uh, into the development of these solutions or lead suppliers if you, if you do something with your suppliers. So always think about who can solve the issue rather on or can describe the issue rather on a leadership level and not so much on, on the technology side. The technology side Based on my experience, you find solutions for that. So this transparency um, across the whole organization, including customers and including suppliers, really forming a big partnership is a vital recipe from my perspective. The one other uh, tip that I would give is to try and take a, a structured approach. Um, so what I've done in the past is using a, a maturity model to understand how mature your organization is with respect to managing and, and using data to deliver value. Um, and that gives you a, a benchmark against which you can you can set some improvement targets. Engagement is really important, or the way you engage is very important when you're um, discussing a maturity model, because they're, they're not the most interesting of, of topic areas for a business leader. So talking about master data management and enterprise data models isn't going to get you very far. So when you're discussing the maturity models make the conversation relevant to to that area of the business use the right language so i used to talk about for example the, the aspiration that i used to have was that we would treat our data with the same level of care and attention as we do our fresh produce um, that works in a, a retail environment and there'll be other examples in in other sectors on the back of that you follow up quickly with some some quick wins um, and then over the longer term you should be aiming to improve your, your data maturity but the, the trick for me is probably to have more of those conversations in the background under the bonnet you should be able to or should aim to deliver data maturity improvements alongside providing business benefits um, so ultimately you get to a sort of a virtuous circle where you're better able to deliver business value because you're a more mature data organization 
Which leads us on to our next question. We have one from uh, Alison Davis, who's CIO for the Natural History Museum in London. We have a lot of interesting data and I am very interested in data strategies, but I'm also interested in how one keeps them evergreen. So having set one up, how do we ensure that this is not just a one-time exercise, but this is something that is continually refreshed and that the organisation buys into keeping current. So there you go. How do you keep uh, data strategies evergreen, Tobias? I'm a big fan of a concept called digital supply chain. And, and why am I using this concept? It's it's like the physical supply chain, right? And, and, and I try to always do this comparison between the classical physical supply chain and the digital supply chain. Why am I doing that? On a, on a physical supply chain, everybody knows, right? You are buying some stuff and you store it, then you produce something, you put value on top of it, and then you sell it to your customers. And everybody knows that in the supply chain, you don't want to buy goods for millions and then you know you just put them in stock and wait until they get older and, and order and then perhaps in two or three years produce something and then in two or three years you're shipping that to the customer and it's similar with data right this is why i use this concept of the digital supply chain you need to have a concept where do you create the data first of all it might be that you have a couple of data suppliers right external people providing certain data to you and then you you are somewhere creating value with the data you received. You are adding up data, and then you are you're putting the data um, towards your customers. And if you if you follow this concept of the digital supply chain, it is obvious for everybody that you want to store only the needed amount of data, and that you that also data has a certain lifetime that you need to delete it after a while and so on and um, therefore i use this comparison between the user supply chain and the digital supply chain and this concept really helped my team to understand okay now it's time to destroy perhaps the one or the other data because it's simply too old and so on so so therefore um this comparison always helped me using digital supply chain as a synonym for uh, having the right uh, life cycle of data. Gavin? Yeah, so absolutely you need to make sure that your your data strategy is evergreen and, and refreshed on a regular basis. We, we mentioned before a little bit earlier that every three to six months, course correcting where required, checking that you're delivering the, the value that you're expecting to deliver. So if you think that a single view of the customer is going to improve sales, retention, customer satisfaction, let's have a look to see whether those objectives are, are being achieved. If they're not, then do some course correction. If they are, then the team can continue. So it is important on that on that three to six month basis that's let's make sure that the the value that we're aiming to achieve is still on track to be delivered. And if it's not, then make, make changes. But let's not make wholesale changes on a regular basis. That's not great leadership to be making big changing decisions on, on a regular basis. Um, just briefly, Gavin, which you spoke about KPIs before. I mean, just go into that a little bit more, which ones can and should be measured just to make sure that you know your strategy is working and therefore you can change it to keep it evergreen. So I look at this in, in terms of what and, and how. So looking at how you're operating as well as what you're delivering. So from a, from a what perspective, yeah, you can base those on the, on the strategic themes, making sure you're delivering real tangible value tracking the value that you intended to deliver and have you delivered it. But if you're uh, aligning yourself to 
been able to achieve business objectives, there will be key business metrics, key business KPIs that you'll be wanting to influence and, and, and you should be tracking those. And I think that also helps with getting the business owners on the side and, and working with you because ultimately, as we mentioned before, it's the the business teams that are going to be realizing the value based on the, the data capabilities that they're going to be given. Um, so that's from a what perspective. From a how perspective, you can look at um, how the maturity of the organization is improving, um, doing regular maturity assessments every 12 months or so. You can look at other internal metrics such as productivity, customer engagement, time to market. Um, so you need to be looking at how you're operating as an organization as much as what you're delivering and bring those KPIs together to to assess your performance on that sort of three to six month basis. Finally, um, before I let you leave, I want to know what your top three pieces of advice would be that you would give to CIOs to help them make a start on writing their data strategy. So, Tobias? And first of all, be uh, precise with your vision. Be hyper aware what you want to achieve. Look at your, your current issues, either on the customer side, internally, and, and be as precise as possible so that you can really focus on the issues you are having and don't do it too, too open. If you, if you do it too open, then you will fail. My second advice is have a look on your as-is analysis and have a look on which, which situation you are in and what do you need to solve on the, for example, technology side so that you do really good, well-informed decision, which platform do I need and so on. And then start the implementation. And that's probably the third big advice I'm having is don't underestimate the transformation um, which is involved in data projects. So you might need to adjust structures. You might need to educate people doing things differently than before. Um, really think about the leadership portion of it. Finally, also take the people on that journey, take your teams, take the customers, take your suppliers on that journey and deliver piece by piece in, like uh, Gavin said, in, in three to six month cycles, deliver piece by piece innovation to your customers, to your suppliers, to your own internal staff. That's probably the, the secret recipe for me. And your secret recipe, Gavin? Uh, I'm quite pleased, actually, that uh, following this conversation, the, the three which I'd thought of before the session uh, have come through as, as themes all the way through. So the, the first one for me is focus on understanding the value you want to deliver and make sure that you have business teams buy in to making the changes that are required to actually realize the value because you don't deliver value unless there are business changes that are that, that come off the back of the the data capabilities that you're putting in place that's the first one um the second one is consider the full data life cycle um so we've mentioned this from the birth to the death of the of the data make sure that you're considering the full data life cycle putting in place the appropriate controls that from a leadership perspective will be as much about influence as it will be direct control and the third one um, is about identifying the the right support and, and resources that you need to set up and then deliver the strategy. Um, so starting with putting the right leadership roles in place, getting the right board level support, really taking a critical look at whether you've got the right resources across the teams to be able to um, have 
the ideas to drive a data strategy then to deliver a data strategy um, and where you need to um, supplement those teams. And finally, remember this is a long game. There are going to be a number of twists and turns on, on the journey. You need a team that's going to be passionate, determined uh, and be able to overcome blockers. And if you keep that in mind, then over the, the, the coming years, you'll deliver a successful data strategy. Thank you very much to both of you, to my guests, Gavin Mander and Tobias Roltz. In the next episode, we'll be talking about artificial intelligence. I'll be joined by two people we heard from briefly just now, Alison Davis, who is the CIO for the Natural History Museum, and Matt Armstrong-Barnes, who's the Chief Technologist at HPE. 